Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Welcome back to our podcast. Alara and I are very excited about this summer and the upcoming year. We have a lot of rings in the fire at the moment, and we'll be keeping you updated as they progress. That being said, we are in our fourth year of the Agriculture Podcast and have decided to scale back a little. Starting this month, we are going to change our show from a weekly podcast to a bi-monthly. We feel that we can give more attention to the show and make it better by focusing on the production and the people that we interview for the podcast. Hilaire and I hope you all stay tuned to us and enjoy the new direction. So this week, we bring you an interview from the American Boar Goat Association's national show at Grand Island, Nebraska. ABGA Executive Director Katie Carruth was our guest interviewer. She had a moment in her busy schedule to speak with Judge Phil Myers about the ins and outs of the ring. So here's Katie and Phil at the 2022 ABGA National Show. Thank you so much for being here, first and foremost. Absolutely. It's exciting, right, to be in Grand Island again. Super big show. Always. Always. One of the biggest. Absolutely. And just a neat crowd of people. And it's been a different few years after COVID. What do you think this year? How's the theme, the atmosphere? I think everybody was so um, enthralled to be back last year that Mm -hmm. this is kind of the first normal one. You know, we had 2019 where I was able to judge the Junior National Show, and that was great. Um, And then 2020 was the break. And then coming back last year was really a unique experience because it was all about seeing each other and just kind of getting out and doing things. Um, And then this year seems like it's the first normal step back where it's like, yeah, we're happy to see you, but we also came here to show some goats and win some prizes and do some things like that. So right. it's, it's more a step towards just forgetting all that and getting back to a normal kind of a national show. Absolutely. We've had a lot more people here this year. We have a lot of vendors. It's a super exciting time for ABGA as well. Tell us about what it means to judge here versus just a regular show. Well, this is the best of the best. And, and you know, when you grow up East of the Mississippi, it's kind of Louisville mm-hmm. on the green shavings is, is what you uh, dream about uh, judging or showing on. You grow up west of the Mississippi or you grow up in the cattle industry, you're going to Denver. Right. Um, and then for a lot of the Texans, you've got all the Texas majors. And so you pick your favorite there, whether it's Houston, San Antonio, those kind of things. Um, but then you have a national show that kind of represents everybody. And so you've got people from Oregon, California, New York, Ohio, the Midwest, Oklahoma, Texas. Um, and so this is the place where everybody comes to. And it's a big deal for everybody, no matter where you grow up, uh, to judge a, an Angus Junior Nationals and ABGA Junior Nationals and ABGA Open. And so um, it's just really exciting because this is the best of the best. Um, you, you're at the highest level of competition. And from a judge's standpoint, um, you, you sometimes go to county fairs where you're just looking to find one good one. Mm-hmm. 
and then you come out here in this show and you get to be really nitpicky and so you put all your skills to to use that you've learned over the years of really sorting the small differences and that's when it gets fun is because you get to nitpick and be really uh, critical Specific. of all the different things yes exactly <laughs> and it's not just well this one's a, a heavy muscled goat and he's going to beat the one that's not as heavy muscled this you get to really break them down and, and get into the nuance sure. of judging you have some really good goats to actually yes. judge i still don't know how you do it though <laughs> i mean these little kids they're so Cute, oh yes, right? yes, How and, and the, the junior show is is really amazing, especially at the ABJ level because you get so many kids um, that are going to show in the junior show and in the open show. There's great participation from the juniors into the open show. It's not just show up, show the JABJ, and go home. Um, and I think that's really a mark of the dedication of the parents that are going to be here all week to do it. The kids that are excited to keep showing and maybe get worn down over the week, but they're going to stick with it. And so the junior kids are, are really a big part of the ABGA show here. Sure. Talk to me a little bit about that nuance. What are you looking for in the show ring setting versus what would you look for at maybe your own home for your own herd or if you were trying to help somebody set up a commercial herd? Yeah, and, and really that's, that's kind of the focus that you have to have in mind is uh, if I'm going to come out here and judge goats that are representative of the entire country, um, I need to have in mind what my ideal animal is, uh, what best represents the industry as a whole, and not just what kind of goats are going to work in Texas, what kind of goats are going to work in my operation at home where I maybe want to focus on leaning a direction that's, that's different than what I want to see represented in a show ring. And so um, you have to come in with that ideal animal in mind. Um, you have to be understanding that Maybe some pigment issues are going to be a little bit different from one region to another, but we've got a breed standard that kind of calls for how it's going to be evaluated at a national show. Um, and so really getting nitpicky and saying, you know, there's there's some really good ones and then there here's some really unique animals that are great examples of where we can go. And so they're going to meet, be moving towards the top of the class um, as opposed to, you know, a state fair that's more regional and there's maybe a little bit more relaxed on some issues. Um, and, and so the national show is really where you get down and dirty and the nitty gritty and, and pick them apart and, and then talk about them and, and give great examples of this is what this animal represents. This is the kind of scenario where it works and it's going to work in almost everybody's herd as opposed to you know a, a smaller jackpot show here's a goat that might work in this specific uh, instance but maybe you know still has some uh, things that need to be uh, fixed or, or are less desirable but it's the best representative that day sure. you don't really have to make those sacrifices at a national right, show no, there's lots of great great animals yep. hard to distinguish sometimes yes so how do you choose? What is the ideal Phil Myers animal? <laughs> uh, I always go back to the very basics of livestock evaluation. Uh, Blackhawk East in Western Illinois, where I did my uh, training and, and got my degree in animal science. There's only four basics that you look for across any species. You've got muscle, you've got leanness, you've got structural correctness, and balance. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, and there's really specific things in different areas that you look in the animals to find those four traits. Uh, but in market animals, it's always going to be muscle and leanness and then balance and structural correctness. And you kind of flip those back and forth. But then in the breeding animals, you're always looking for structural correctness. Balance follows with that. And so that's 1A and 1B. And then you go to muscle and then cover. We don't really call it finish in the breeding animals. But those four basic traits are, are the same across uh, any species that you look at. Um, if you keep those in mind, and that's what I try to keep in mind is find the basic build ones that are good at the ground. That allows them to be good up high in terms of their top shape and then step back off of them at a three-quarter view 
and that's the truest evaluation that you can get uh, from a standstill. You're going to be able to see rib shape, you're going to be able to see muscle, leanness, uh, body conformation, how they tie together from that, and then I always like to see them move. I talked Absolutely. about that a little bit in showmanship. I think that three-quarter view is great on a standstill, but then when you set them in motion, you're never going to get a truer evaluation of the livestock than, than when they're set in motion. And so um, pigs are always moving, mm -hmm. uh, cattle, sheep, goats, where they're on a lead, we can do both, but we really want to evaluate them when they're moving, and, and that's when they're the most genuine. Absolutely. I agree completely. Talk about the junior side of this deal. What are we doing right? Where do we need to go? How do, how do we make this more accessible to kiddos? I think the biggest thing that, that we're doing right now is, is keeping them involved. And as I kind of alluded to, we get a, a tremendous amount of kids that hold over. And they're not just going for the junior nationals and then going home. They stay throughout the week. They're involved with the clipping and the fitting and the washing. Um, they're, they're taking naps in the barn. They're uh, putting in the hard work and the hours with mom and dad. And so I think it's great that we keep them here through the open show and that there is so much involvement from one to the other. Um, I think just getting more kids involved, kids that maybe have never been to a nationals, we've got to get the kids that are showing at their local shows or at their state fair to take that next step. And so if they're only going to local shows, maybe get them to a jackpot show, maybe get them to state fair. Um, ABGA encouraging those kids to be more involved in other aspects of the industry. Mm -hmm. um, teaching them, you know, this is what different operations do differently, um, the educational side of it, and just getting them more and more involved, reaching out to them and saying, hey, you're doing a great job at this level. Here are some other opportunities that you may be interested in uh, because in this day and age, we're competing with all these other activities, um, sports and school and things, which are all great. Um, but I think we're missing the boat a little bit on some kids that maybe have an interest but don't know what opportunities are out there that we could maybe get them to take the next step, go to the next level of show and, and compete as well. Right, and that's a networking thing, isn't yes, it? We absolutely. need to be friendly with our folks and also yes. bring other people along all yes. the time. Invite, invite, invite. The kids that are coming to those other shows, they make friends at the smaller shows mm -hmm. and the local shows and maybe offering a spot on your trailer to that other kid. Mm -hmm. Hey, you guys like to run around at this show. Would you like to go with us? We'll show you the ropes and don't be intimidated. Uh, you know, when you're pulling in there, uh, <laughs> we'll take you with us. We'll show you what's going on and just grabbing a, a kid or two and getting them to come uh, and be a participant as well is a great opportunity for them. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about what it means to go to different shows. Why, why are they judged differently? <laughs> How does that even happen? We're supposed to have a breed standard. Absolutely. <laughs> and so that breed standard is the basis that we make our decisions from. Um, but that breed standard, as with any literature, can be interpreted a little bit differently just depending on how you read it, um, how you interpret it, and where you want to place your emphasis. Because not all judges consider all things to be equal. Um, some judges are going to look a little bit more critically at foot and leg structure. And some people, if you want to drill down even tighter, are going to say, you know, I'm really critical of pasterns, but I'm maybe not as concerned with shoulder angle. And then you have other judges that say, boy, we got to set that angle to the shoulder back. We got to have them reach out of that front end more. You can get very specific on things where judges just interpret things slightly differently. And that becomes a snowball effect of, you know, if I look at this a little bit different than the last judge, then that equates to this. And we just keep going. And pretty soon you've got the top end that usually the top five at a, a decent size show is pretty similar. They might be moved around a little bit, um, but you're never going to have them the same. And I think that's a good thing because you don't want the same opinion just spread from one judge to another. That's how you become myopic and you go in just one direction uh, without looking and seeing the forest from the trees. Excellent. Having different judges that have slightly different opinions and interpretations allows you to keep a balance in the industry. And that way, you know, when one judge comes that day and he, he gets them, you know, top five are similar to the next judge's top five, but they're moved around a little bit. Listen to both of them. 
they're going to tell you a similar story, but they're also going to say, here's why I did this, and this goat that was third in the first show moved up to first under me, and here's why. And, and they, will, they will explain that. I think our judges are really good about explaining. Um, you're never going to agree with a judge's lineup <laughs> across the board. If you do, get your own opinion. Right. Uh, you're, you're not being critical enough. Um, so listening to judges and how they explain themselves, I think, is a critical part of being a breeder. You take that with a grain of salt. If you like a, a goat that you took to the show and the judge put it in third and you think, boy, I really love this goat. I'm excited to flush it. That's great. Don't change your mind based on one guy's opinion that day. Just take it in stride, learn from it, and then go home and keep breeding the goats that you like. Let's talk about that get your own opinion piece. How does someone, especially a kiddo, get involved and work it out that they can become a judge someday? What do they need to do? What are the steps? The, the basic steps, be involved in the judging contest. Mm -hmm. That's a great start. And you can do that at eight years old, nine years old, four years old. Um, go out there and hit on those four basic things that I talked about, uh, muscle, leanness, balance, and structure, and start there. Judge multiple species. We talk about having multi-sport athletes. Don't just go and play AAU basketball and never play any other sport. It's the same thing. Go to other livestock shows, uh, watch the cattle, sheep, and hogs at your county fair, listen to a lot of judges, and then go out there and, and evaluate your own goats along with them. Listen to what the judge says when he's talking to class. Um, you can pick up terms and kind of uh, what the judge is going for uh, by just listening it to livestock shows. YouTube and Facebook are great now too because it, you're not limited to uh, this is the show that is in my area that I can go to and I'm only ever going to hear these judges. You can watch Denver, you can watch Houston, you can watch Louisville. Listen, watch those videos. Um, and then, you know, by the time you get into high school, there's 4-H and FFA judging contests. That's what I did. I was fortunate enough to, to go and judge at the collegiate level. And just because I did that didn't qualify me to be a judge. Right. Uh, and you don't have to do that to become a judge either, uh, especially in the other species. You know, we've got great breeders that don't go through any qualification, exactly. but are just known by reputation to raise good ones. And if they're good enough on the mic, they'll get job after job and, and you continue to see that. And so if you are an aspiring livestock judge, listen to as many judges as you can, go to as many shows, watch YouTube, watch, watch Facebook, get involved in the livestock judging contest so that you can get some critiques and some real experience. And then as you get older, you got to start small. Nobody's going to hire you to judge your first show to be the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. <laughs> At least they shouldn't. Uh, so you, you have to start small and understand that every opportunity that you get to go judge a show, you should take. Sure. Um, build on that. Right. Start small. Judge as many county fairs as you can. Judge jackpot shows. And then it eventually will come. I've been doing this for over 20 years, and I didn't start off in my first five years judging national shows. Yeah, exactly. um, just understand that it takes time, and uh, the more you do and you listen to other people, the better and better you're going to get. Right. Absolutely. Tell us a critical piece here. Where, where does ABGA need to go? What are we getting wrong? And that could be in the breed itself, standards. That can be the organization, your opinion. Specific to in the show ring, I think that we place a little bit too much emphasis on hair. I think that it has become a little bit of a fitting game, and I understand that because I grew up showing pole dorsets. And when I was a kid, you had to pay the fitter to, to get them really fluffy and white and pretty, and it became who could make the wool look the best because we were just judging big frame sheep. And my fear is that we move towards that in the show ring as we get more and more hair on them and we maybe don't evaluate what's true and what's underneath and looking at structure and real muscle and those kind of things. Fitting is great, 
Sullivan's and those folks do a great job of putting products out there for you to get the goat's hair in order. But we can't just put all of our focus on, well, I'm going to pull up legs and I'm going to blow hair and I'm going to wash them every day and that's going to make a good goat. You still have to see what's underneath and what's really true there uh, if we're going to make good goats and make them uh, better and better into the future. Uh, as far as the ABJ as an organization, I think that we've done a great job of getting the juniors involved, promoting the show ring, and now I think it's take another step forward and bring in the people that aren't interested in showing. Um, the ABJ doesn't have to just be a points organization that's about ennoblement and shows. There are so many other aspects of the industry that we need to get into. Um, as we've kind of talked uh, over the, the course of time here, we've talked about certified Angus beef and some of those um, uh, premium programs that are in the back and in the real world of the other industries. The ABGA should be at the forefront of getting some of those programs set up uh, for the goat industry. As it becomes more and more widely consumed here in the United States, we've got to do a better job of promoting our product as a real world on the table kind of a thing instead of just something that walks out in the show ring. Absolutely beautiful. He's fabulous. Phil Myers, the man that gets slated as judge every year. <laughs> he does a great job. Is there anything you want to say on top of any of this? It, it's just a, an honor to be uh, selected here. You know, uh, like I said, the 2019 judging with Jason Brashear and the, mm -hmm. the Junior National was wonderful. I was really hopeful of 2020 and, and we got the ballots out and then it got canceled. And so um, I had always wanted to judge an ABGA national show. Um, and so to get the opportunity to do the Junior National, then the Open National last year, and then come back and do the market this year uh, was really something special because I've, I've hit almost all the ones that I set out to uh, 20 years ago. I've judged at Louisville on the green shavings. I've judged national shows for both organizations. You know, it, it's really, uh, you set a goal 10, 20 years ago, and you think, well, I may be able to knock one or two of these off at a time and, and get there eventually. And now I kind of feel like I've completed that grand slam of getting to judge this many shows. And so it's always an honor to be selected, especially at a show like this where people vote. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of those, you like me, you really like me uh, <laughs> kind of moments. And so I, I appreciate the, the exhibitors that keep coming back and everybody that invites me to judge shows. I can't do them all, um, but I, I really enjoy being invited and, and getting to get out to different parts of the country and work with everybody in the, the board industry. Well, we appreciate you for being a really fantastic representative Thank of you. the organization. So I thank you, Phil, it. and that's genuine. Thank you. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We'd like to thank Katie and Phil for joining us this week. And if you'd like more information, please visit abga.org. We'll see you next episode with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, All Rights Reserved. Copyright 2022.